hard on it. Real militant. We tell them this is D Block. Uh, yo, I do not own the rights to this music. Welcome to the podcast. What's up? And I got DJ. It ain't Denzel today. It's DJ. It's DJ every day of the week, but you know what I'm saying? You got to bring some people up to up to speed. Uh, I like it. Hey, might be wondering why we got this little militant music in the background. Because we're going to hit something real smooth. We ain't G.I. Joe out here. All right? We, we are not special forces. We're not... Army Rangers. Hell no. Nah. You know what I'm saying? But we, hey, but we are very good at our craft. Believe that. You know what I'm saying? We all soldiers though. So uh, our little topic is gonna be uh, our little experiences in being the army as black men. And this month, this is a motherfucking topic. I tell you, it is a topic. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, the public's perspective. Uh, what's perfect? I can't even say the doggone word. Perception. Perception of us. Um, we're, very, we're professional, and we are. Facts. All of us are. You know what I'm saying? So everybody that's uh, served, have served, I salute you. Um, you know what I'm saying? I gave them a salute even though they can't see it. Yeah, they can't see it. But you got, you got, you know what I'm You got to show respect. You know what I'm saying? Past, future, and present. But, um, yeah. I got 10 years in the Army. What? Okay. Well, no, I got 10 plus years, rather. Yeah, I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm leaning on 15. Leaning on 15, yeah. So, and uh, thus far, I've had my ups and downs, but it's been a blessing. I definitely got to say that. You know, I'm going to give it I'm gonna give it to the Army. It took me out of a questionable yeah, yeah. questionable spot in my life. Or it took me out of a bad spot because that shit was about to get worse. I don't even lie to you. I was about to be a statistic. Could have been a statistic. Yeah. And we all black. Got to remember that. Uh, and, yo, it's real out here. And, um, but I really... While we're doing this stuff, I really want to uh, make sure that everybody understand that we are human too. We're men. We're black men for that matter in, uh, in America. And every struggle that you guys go through, we go through the same thing. Uh, except... Yeah, plus a little bit more. Yeah. You know, a little bit more. But I will recognize that we are in a bubble. Yeah. Um, and a lot of you don't see that. But um, before we even jump into all of that, where you been in the Army? So... Throughout my tenure in the army, I have my my main duty stations. I've been at Fort Rucker, Fort Riley, Honduras, Hawaii, Fort Campbell. Okay, uh, I only heard two things that I like: uh, Honduras and Hawaii. <laughs> hey man, <laughs> hey look, I'm gonna tell you like this: all of them treated me well. Yeah, I've been at uh, let me see, well, we I, in Hawaii at the same time. Yeah, I guess so, but we didn't. Yeah, using aviation side, probably on Wheeler. I make um, yeah, I make, yeah. So I was on Hawaii. Uh, first duty station was uh, Fort Jackson, and uh, let's see Fort Jackson, Hawaii, Fort Hood, uh, Korea. Mm-hmm. Now I'm at Fort Campbell, and prior to all of that, I actually enlisted into the National Guard in New Jersey. Yeah. So I only did like seven months, but you know that count too. You got to get my time. You know what I'm saying, shout out Jersey, but I'm never going back. Uh, I love you though. I love you though. Um, Same but, way I feel about Alabama. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You said. I mean, you, you kind of said it took me out of a bad spot, and I'm not necessarily gonna see a bad spot, but it wasn't the greatest thing. You know what I'm saying? As far as like uh, jobs, yeah. Education was a big thing because I didn't. You know what I'm saying? School was not really my thing, and uh, man, living. You know, paying rent. Yeah. Or, or lack thereof, I could have been homeless. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to everybody that looked out for me. Miss Walker, I love you. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. You know what I'm saying? Because you really helped me out. And I will never take that uh, away from you. Miss Walker is uh, one of my best friend's mothers. Uh, they took me in when I was down. Yeah. Uh, and I do got my parents. They did not let me down. You know, they moved on. And, you know, I was trying to be grown and be on my own and stuff. And, hey, man, I got to tell you, I should have listened because it's, uh, it's hard out here. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. You know, I didn't want to listen. I should have moved down to Florida with him, but I wanted to do my own thing and, you know, kind of becoming a man. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. But that kind of, that probably helped, you know, mold you into who you are. Without that that experience, you probably wouldn't be the same dude. Yeah, so um, I finally decided to join the Army National Guard for that matter, like my 24, 25-ish. And before that, actually, I was going to enlist to be a Marine. Mm. I went to the Marine recruiter, you know what I'm saying, thinking like, oh, best of the best, blah, blah, blah. 
take not taking away anything away from them, but the whole story is basically went in there, took the test, and I'm like maybe a day away from signing. I walked out the recruiter's office and I saw one of my best friends, B Dot. Shout out to you, brother. And he was like, yo, what you doing? I told him, yo, man, I gotta get off these streets because I don't know what else I'm doing with my life. And I think I'm gonna be a Marine. He was like, nah, B, yo, follow me. We went around the corner, Army National Guard. Saw first class Leffords or some, some shit like that. Um, shout out to him because, I mean, obviously he helped me out. And uh, that's what she wrote. And I did my time, you know, basic training, AIT, airborne school, like that out of the park. Then uh, seven months later, went active duty. I'm not going to give you all in between because that's irrelevant. But I ended up in uh, Fort Jackson. Great duty station, but it should not have been my first. But then again, I do hear that about all first duty stations. All first duty stations. I can't say that because my first duty station, being at Fort Rucker from my first duty yep. station was dope. Like, so, you know, I'm an, I'm an aviation dude. Like, you know, the aviation was always different. So the, the aviation unit that I was in at Fort Rucker didn't have aircraft. Mm. Yeah. How you aviation no, no aircraft? So we're we're more it's more of an operation side. So it's basically a bunch of people in my MOS or people that have uh, got promoted to uh, take over like airfields, like they go and manage airfields mm. in in uh, Kuwait, you know, random places. So I got to learn like how to do supply stuff because we didn't have a supply guy. Like I had to, I, I had to learn about what a Dodak is and all of the all of the integral parts of you know being in the army that most personnel that you know in the army don't know about unless you're inside that bracket of you know what I'm saying the army's thing. Yeah, it so makes I, sense. Yeah, I got to learn about army, you know, uh, supply. I got to learn about you know S two because we didn't have S two. We we had to fulfill those functions, bro. Like if you look back at all of that unit's first pick, like the initial paperwork to get that unit off the ground. My name's on some of it. Some of it as like a PFC, the first time. Yeah, that sounds about familiar. I mean, I did some of that in the guard too. Yeah. I have like some. Uh, for everybody that don't know, some of you is gonna be listening. You are in the army, so you already don't understand what the MOS is. Uh, yeah, I'm an aviation operations specialist. Yeah, so that's his job title. Uh, I'm a my MOS is 92 Yankee, which is unit supply specialist. You know what I'm saying? I'm like the I'm the Walmart of the army, per se. <laughs> Alright, you, you need some, you come see me. Alright, I got you. That's the best way I could describe it for those people that don't know. So uh, for the people so for the people in the army that wants to know what a fifteen pilot does, if you could take my MOS is basically the love child of three different MOSs. It's uh it's you know, if you could combine a forty two alpha, uh, an administrative clerk, uh, a signal guy, and an air traffic controller, they would shit out one of uh, somebody that's in my MOS because we do all of those things. We do aviation paperwork for, you know, for people to get their flight paid. Granted, we still submit that paperwork. That's one, you know, we still do. We do radio stuff and we do some flight following. We are not the guy on the damn air on the runway with the damn cones that's telling <laughs> aircraft where to go. The army don't even have one of those. But that's not that stuff. All right, well, shit, not, not to mention, and you say you're coming from Alabama, so why did you join Army? Man, so you know how most people have a calling. They they just know they're going to go into something, and they, they that's they should. That was me. Like, you know, I, before, it was around the time of uh, 9-11, but it was before 9-11. I remember sitting in my 8th grade, 7th, 8th grade class, you know, going, I'm going to join the military didn't know if it was the army or the navy or whatever i was like yeah i'm gonna join the military fast forward to my senior year in high school when i'm taking the ASVAB. i literally slept through the ASVAB and scored a 55 on it you know and and it was like the nba draft because at that point i literally had the highest ASVAB score in the city and i was starting to, i started getting phone calls from navy recruiters air force recruiters army recruiters and i sat and i talked to them all and it was Sergeant First Class Cheryl Hoover. It was her in the Air Force, uh, Air Force like E7 or whatever. And they were the last two. My family was like, yo, you need to go to the Air Force. You need to go to the Air Force. You need to go to the Air Force. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to listen to them. And really what sold me on the Army was I asked both of them at different times, what about deploying? asking two questions what about deploying and what how do I pick a job the Air Force lady was like 
she didn't want to talk to me about either one of those. She was like, yeah, we deploy, but we have a better standard of living. That was her whole sales pitch. We got a better standard of living. We got a better standard of living. We got a better standard of living. Cooper, Sean Cooper was like, yo, real talk, man, you probably, if you, at this point in time, you probably going, as soon as you get out of basic and AIT, you probably going to be headed over overseas somewhere. And, you know, you can, you, your ASVAB score, you, you qualify first. All of these jobs. Yeah, I like that. And and that's what it was. She kept it all the way. She kept it all the way gutter with me. She was like, "Yo, you probably gonna go out to Afghanistan if you sign up." You wanna hear something? I did the exact same thing in high school, but obviously, cause I was in the Navy ROTC. Surprisingly, I didn't join the Navy, cause when we would do a little field trip, I didn't like the water so much. Yeah, so I was in ROTC too. Yeah, so and we, I, and yeah. I did the. I did the summer camp over the summer. Yeah, summer, I only I did, did it for like, like my freshman year. Though. Yeah, I, I I did something like similar to that, and I actually scored very well. I think I scored like a, I'm not gonna lie, I want to say it's in forties, mm-hmm. but anyway, no, that's a decent score though. Yeah, I understand, right? But you gotta understand, I didn't join after high school, so I basically kind of decided to live live my life a little bit. And when I finally was like, you know what, I'm ready to jump back in. Mm-hmm. You no, know, my situation is obviously you know motivated me to do so. I had to take the ASVAB again. Yeah. So now here's the crazy thing about the ASVAB. When I went and took the test, it was a paper test the very first time around. Facts. So took the test, but I noticed that the uh, the instructor, whoever he was that was grading it, was grading mine the wrong way. Uh-huh. I noticed it. A lot of you not, I noticed it, right? Mind you, you know what I'm saying? Anything like, oh, I'm a little older or whatever. Anyway, my my score came out to be like a 13. Oh, hell no. Exactly. I, dude looked at me like, everybody looked at me like, yo, yo, you stupid as fuck. I was like, nah, bro, yo, you graded it wrong. I was watching. It's like, you know how you have the bubbles and all that? Yeah. Well, you skip one? Yeah. He skipped one. Uh, so my recruiter was like, hey, man, you're <laughs> not coming in the army with no 13 ass back. I was like, yo, G. This is on leverage. This guy, he did it the wrong way. And I'm telling you, because I, I was right there, like, literally watching him. He said, okay, well, 30 days from now, you can take, you can take another one. Yeah. I said, all right, cool. Waited 30 days. I didn't want to study. I didn't study. I didn't do none of that. I'm like 25. I mean, come on. Whatever. When he took the test again, I scored so high. So I went from, like, an 18 or whatever, 13, 18, to, like, a straight-up 54. Yeah, they thought I cheated, cause they couldn't they could understand how the hell you know the jump jump so high, and I try to explain to them. So what they made me do is take another test, another two weeks later, and I scored the exact same score. Mm-hmm. So now I like how you say that with the list. The National Guard was really good with that or whatever. Um, so after I passed the second test, same score, whatever, I had a list of like I want to say twenty plus jobs. Yeah, some it was something along those lines. But I'm looking at these jobs, or MOSs as the army like to call them, and um, I didn't know what the hell I was looking at. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So what I ended up doing was, I looked at my, my best friend, B-Dot, I said, yo, dude, what do you do? He said, yo, um, I'm supply. I was like, okay, what's supply? Well, he was like, uh, yo, well, you know, imagine like if you're in a warehouse or whatever, you know, or if you're on the street or whatever, somebody need work. That's how he sold me on it. If somebody need work, they come see you for it. But he was, and the one thing he sold me on was like, you're gonna touch literally everything that the army has. You don't have to do all this uh, high speed hoo hoo stuff. You know what I'm saying? Leave the infantry. He, he warned me, leave the infantry alone, cause that was really what I was gonna end up doing. Leave that alone. Leave all that special stuff alone or whatever. Come do this, cause on the outside you have a better chance of uh, working. And, you know, at that time, you know, working was really the thing. Plus, it's the National Guard. I'm coming back home. Yeah. So, that's how I ended up picking my job. Then he sold me on some other nonsense, all right? He was like, yo, you're going to go to Fort Jackson, and your AIT is going to be Fort Lee. And he was like, co-ed. He said, you pick any other job, you're more likely going to go to Fort Leonardwood, <laughs> or you're going to go to Fort Benning. And nine times out of ten, it's not going to be co-ed. I said, sold. <laughs> Wherever the girls is gonna be at, I'm so, going. So yeah, man. So I luckily for me, man, I'm the younger, I'm the baby boy of five, right? Out of out of all five of us, four of us got military ties. Like I can show you a picture right now of, you know what I'm saying, me, my oldest brother, and you know what I'm saying, the only person that is not in a uniform is the middle child and he even did eight years in the military. I ain't do none. So, I, yeah. I, well, I'm not it's not me. My family, I'm yeah. the only one. 
and my family. So that's that's the thing. So anytime I had a question about the military, hey man, what you do? Yeah. I, hey, I didn't bruh, even have uh, that. Uh, what you do? I'm an 88 Mike. My oldest brother's 88 Mike. What, what you do? I'm a truck driver. All right, so you drive trucks. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Next, <laughs> my other brother. My, uh, hey, man, what you do? Oh, man, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm an admin clerk. I'm a 42 Alpha. Oh, okay, word. What that What that do? You like, yeah, you got to do a lot of paperwork. You got to do this. You got to do that. I don't like paperwork. I ain't organized for that. My other brother's like, yo, man, what you do? He's like, oh, I'm an air traffic controller. It's that third, you know what I'm saying? If I'd scored a few more points higher, that would that would have been one of them. I would have picked that job. But out of all of the jobs, my brother was like, yo, since you're joining the Army, you might want to, with your personality, it'll be best if you go into uh, the aviation one. So I looked into all of the aviation jobs. I didn't work on cars, so I didn't want to be a, a crew chief or no shit like that. I was like, yo, you know what? Hey, what's an aviation op? What's a 15 pop? He was like, yo, that's aviation ops. It's real chill. You do this, you learn, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like a jack of all trades in the aviation community because that is really what it is, you know what yeah, I'm saying? I see you work. Yeah. yeah I, I see you work. Yeah. I mean, I don't give you a lot of credit. I, I, just, <laughs> I, I see you work. Yeah. So it's, you know what I'm saying? So I grabbed it. I looked into it. I, I Googled it, you know what I'm saying? My brother was sliding me shit that he probably shouldn't have been sliding me on, you know what I'm saying? Saying as I was a civilian. But uh, yeah, man, he, uh, he, uh, he put me on game. I was like, yo. 15p it is, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, speaking of, seeing as you talking about your buddy, so I go through MEPS, right? And you know what I'm saying? I'm reading my paperwork and the dude was like, yeah, you need to sign this, 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 and this. And I was like, yeah, go back to the top. Like he tried to rush me through it. He was like, yeah, go back. He was like, yeah, you need to sign here, here, here. Well, this says this and blah, 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 blah. And I'm reading it, you know what I'm saying? I'm not the best speed reader in the world, but I see shit that I ain't supposed to see. That said 13, bravo. Like, nah, hey man, go back up to the top. That's not the MOS I picked. I need you to change this whole thing right here. And he was like, man, what? Don't you want to be? No, I want to be a 15 popper. Yeah. Or I'm leaving. So, now I peep, peep game because prior to me even enlisting, um, this is something that I noticed with the Army Reserve and the Army National Guard in comparison to the active duty Army. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, depending on how you score, you're going to be needs of the Army enlisted. You don't have a choice. Oh yeah. At the, you know what I'm saying Spe- specifically at the time that I came in, but when I was coming in, I had a choice. I had like 20 jobs, and yeah. that's what I had, and that's what it was going to be. Yeah, Where when I spoke to a lot of guys that just came in regular active duty, it was like, yo, I didn't have a choice. So, but that was the crazy part, right? So I knew, but the dude didn't know my background. Like he didn't know that I got three you military. Got the family. Yeah. yeah. So I could lean on him and be like, hey man, what should I expect about this, this, and this? And he was like, yo. Hey, when you go to MEPS, make sure they get all your paperwork right. So, MEPS, make sure my paperwork is right. <laughs> Scroll back up, man. That's not what that's supposed to say. That should be 15. That should be aviation operations specialist, right. this, that, and the third. Yada, 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 yada. So, he uh, he was like, thought they said that you wanted to be infantry. Man. I know. No, no knock against the infantry, though. You got to understand our, our point of view on that. This is very important. Yeah. Because even uh, my recruiter, the yeah. Marine guy, he thought about uh, the infantry going through. And uh, his selling point to me was, you want to go blow shit up. You want to go, you know what I'm saying, fuck shit up. And initially, that's what Son Lefferts and the Army side said to me, too. Those were the first conversations. was like, yo, you want to go blow shit up? Mm-hmm. You want to do this? Because you think, like, being that where we're from, automatically we want to just go... Shoot guns, guns yeah, shoot yeah. guns and knock that. Yo, I know I'm gonna get that opportunity, but what can you offer me on the long term? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? No knock to these guys because hey, mind the way, I'll take the average guy on. You know what I'm saying? Infantry guy, I got you know what I'm saying? I got your number pimping. You know Facts, what I mean? talk so, about so, it. Yeah, don't don't get it, don't you get, get misconstrued. So, you will get waxed by a poke, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but aside from that, I would definitely say that uh, my experience thus far has been mostly positive. I mean, I met my wife while I was in uh, my first duty station. Um, so that was a blessing on this part. I was, uh, you know, uh, supplied in my entire career. So there's really uh, nothing wrong with that. I've met some great people. I've met some horrible people. And oh, you, and you, yeah. And, you know what I'm saying, we got to speak on that too. Um, and the places, and I've traveled a whole lot. So that was what, that was yeah. a definitely like a plus uh, for me. I would. The benefits have have up until this point outweighed the downfalls. 
Like, I, you know, I mean, I've seen parts of the world that I know for a fact that I would never have seen had I stayed in Alabama. I'll say my, my back end in my career yeah. thus far is the high points of my career. So I, I can't say that. So, like, fresh out, right? I, I left. I I went to Fort Rucker, right? I've, I've had a really dream career. And, like, not very many people get stationed 30 minutes away from home. My my grandmother's house was 30 minutes away from me. Exactly. So I'm just, hey, what y'all having for dinner? All right, cool. Make me a plate. I'll be there in a minute. You know what I'm saying? So I, I had that growing up in the Army. But then on the on the work side, like, I work, I work for some cool people. I work for some not so cool people. And the way that I, the way that I was raised, you're going to respect me. I'm oh, gonna, yeah. I'm going to give you your respect. Yeah, yeah. You're going to give me mine. And that's one of the things that the army, that the army, I think, gets wrong. And you know how you say this? So the army has a for everybody listening, we have a values that yeah. we have to live by, and one of them is respect. Mm-hmm. All right, and that is so oxymoronic yeah. because for some reason, not always, but on the higher echelon, because you may have more rank than another. Yeah. You you demand it where you could kind of command it, but you should not demand it because it should be a two-way street. You give me respect, and I will also give you respect. So the, the reason for that is is res- the word respect has two meanings. Respect, uh, one of the definitions is to treat someone as if they're an authority figure, right? That's probably, I want to say, definition number two. And definition number one is to treat someone with common decency. And we get caught up on the treating people like you know they're an authority figure and uh i respect the rank not the person absolutely and that's the treating them as if they're an authority figure however the authority figure fails the treat person you know that's beneath them rank wise as a basic human being you know it's my issue with old boy yeah i want to definitely speak on that but i'm not gonna go into them you guys gotta understand if you don't respect people yeah um, Beware of the consequences because um, some of us don't really care for the rank so much. Yeah, I've grown, and that's why I've been, I've been able to be in the army ten plus years. Because of my early on in career, the the word respect with authority was not hand in hand. Yeah, because uh, I looked at you as a man or a woman. Mm-hmm. I treated you as such, mm-hmm. and if you did not give that back, yeah. then we had an issue. And I will say that. Uh, it did not work in my favor at all. All right. right. Yeah. Morally and mentally, I was happy, but in the reality of things, um, I was losing. But that's that's the thing, though. Like, I think that's I think that's a, a struggle where we come from being in the African American community because we always that's where where I've I've seen that we respect each other a lot. We respect our surroundings a lot more than we respect each other or ourselves. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Not necessarily. Then, not no, 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 no. Then the people that are not from a community similar to. So our basically, own. saying if you're in black, I give you more respect than I would give my, my own brother on the block. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, it's a given. Like I meet you because you're black, or if I meet someone who's a, not a person of color, I'm going to generally give them respect up front as to where they feel like I have to earn theirs. You see what I'm saying? I think that that's one of the biggest problems in the world. Sure, you may be Sergeant Major so-and-so, and, you know what I'm saying, I have to stand up for Ray Rest for you and, and do all of that shit, but, you know, you're not finna call me a fuckhead just because you think it's it's cool. You know, like, chill the fuck out, man. Like Some who, of them do it. Like, who Like who are you, who are you talking to, guy? Yeah, a lot of them actually do it. Um, <laughs> and believe it or not, one of the things about the Army that I had to learn very early on was it's not what you know, it's who you know. And it should not be that way. It's a, it's a combination of both. Well, the, I guess it depends on where yeah. you're coming from. Because, you know, like I was saying, the, my personality fits very well in the aviation community because it's because of the way of politics play. Oh. You see what so I'm saying? So, so, yeah. Okay, on the flip side, if yeah. I was in your MOS yeah. in your shoes, it would not work because of my personality. So, so, and, maybe. Maybe. Because you're, you're, I've seen you work, right? And, I, and you're a very regulation-based kind of dude. But for, let's just say both of us were in the aviation community. It would be easier for me to go around you because people flock to me. You know what I'm saying? People dig my personality and I'm and I'm generally user-friendly until you piss me off and I, and I just don't want to fuck with you. 
I'm generally the bridge that you don't want to burn whenever I go somewhere because you know what I'm saying I can get people I network for myself and I network for other people so do you think that's the army training or do you think that's your background that's all me that's all you that's all me okay. like I, I I rub elbows like I, I got a friend right now who runs a fucking a company that grosses a few million dollars if I shoot and little baby already told me hey man if you ever need anything pick up the phone she comes to my house anytime you know she comes to my house eats family eats dinner with my uh, with my wife and my kids you know, you like anytime she comes, she's like, "Hey, you need anything?" No, I'm straight. So you know what I'm saying. I network like a champ, and that's not the army. That's all me, fam. And that's another reason I ain't supply, cause networking is my key. Yeah. And that is my, that's my strong point, yeah. and also my weak point. I, you know, somebody actually just told me that my biggest strength is my biggest weakness. It's, it's like I network for everybody else, but I don't necessarily network for myself. Right. And we gotta learn to take care of each other, and we have to learn to take care of ourselves. Yeah. And that's actually very, very big in our, in the black community. It's yeah. in itself because uh, that's we, that's a topic for another day. Don't even don't yeah. get me started. Yeah, <laughs> don't, uh, don't yeah, get me started. We, we, we'll get into that uh, at a different time. But uh, you know, going on back to where being in the army as a black man, um, what do you think is your highest point thus far? Kind of stand on it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, even though I'm um, a few years. A very many years behind where I should be, you know. I, I'm I'm an old NCO now. I'm just the E5 after being in 15 years. But you know, what I'm saying I kind of I tied myself up. I can't blame nobody else. My highest point. Well, I take that back. When I was in Honduras, like I don't know. Other than me getting the Article 15, bro, I had the Midas touch. Article 15, he got in trouble. Yeah, we ain't gonna get into details, but he other, got in trouble. Other than other than me getting the Article 15, I'm telling you, bro. Like there was nothing. I was at a point in my in my life where anything I put my hands on blossom turns into gold. Hey yo, I need you to go. I need you to go move this over here. I need you to hey, I need you to run a shop as a, you know, as a E4. You know, I had a I had a E4, I had an E5 and an E6 above me at the time. My E5 would come in to the office and kick his feet up every day cuz I was on my shit that much, you know what I'm saying? My, they would bring in lieutenants and be like, yo, make sure he has everything. Yo, make sure he has everything that he needs to be successful for whatever it is he's going to do. And the senior guy would leave, and, I, and you know what I'm saying, the, they would have a brand new W-1 pilot, you know what I'm saying, coming in. He was like, all right, they said I could talk to you about and get everything that I need for a flight. All right, where are you going? You need this, this, and this? Bro, like I was giving them whatever it is that they needed, you know what I'm saying, batting a thousand, and then I got myself because I felt like I was so invincible, I walked myself into some trouble. You know what I'm saying? And that, but that was like the—I won't say the highlight of my career because I'm still—I'm doing—I still have that, and I'm doing bigger, better things. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking at making up—I'm waiting on points to drop so I can pivot staff at some point. Realistic going deaf, but uh, yeah, man, that was like—that was dope. Like Hawaii was just not the lick for me. I got promoted out of Hawaii. Fort Riley, not the lick at all. Like, I just couldn't mesh with the command team. Not necessarily the command team, but my, like, superiors and stuff. My attitude and they attitude. Some of I take responsibility for the shit that I fucked up. But, yeah, man, um, some of them dudes and dudettes was not it. Like, nah, fam. Yeah. My high point was, uh, believe it or not, mentally was my one of my lowest points. But my high point was when I was in Afghanistan. Um, that's that's kind of interesting right there. Yeah. So around this was 2011, 2012. I want to say we deployed to Afghanistan. I'm with a brand new unit, mind you. I'm with combat engineers. I'm supply. They're treating me exactly like them, holding me accountable for all my actions, all my decisions. Yeah. And at that particular time, I was promotable initially, but yeah. the army decided to change the promotion system. So I lost you everything. Sure? That was it around 2000. You said 11, right? 11, yeah. yeah. That's about perfect time. Because I was in Honduras then. I was yeah. promotable in Honduras. Too. And I lost it. Yeah. So after I lost it, you know, I went back to my NCO, my supervisor, and uh, he wanted me to do everything again. I was like, nah, bro. I worked hard for me to get that status. And he was like, well, if that's the way you feel, you're going to have to do it on your own, but you're going to do it on your own time. Mind you, they, um, at that particular time, we was working 18 hours average on a daily. So working the 18 hours, I would have to invest another two to three hours after the fact mm -hmm. to work on myself yeah. so I could get my status back. 
and I did it by myself. He was a little upset about it. I saw it and he did tell me that. But I, I know why he did it, you know what I'm saying? It's because he wanted me to learn and not be handing anything. He was a very, um, saw on stats on Berrigan, uh, shout outs to him. He was very uh, headstrong and he taught me everything that I learned as far as supply, everything the right way from the regulations to the actual job. So that was my high point. It was the low point on the back end because of the missions that we were running and we lost some of our brothers. We're not going to talk about it, but that hurt me. But I got also got promoted in, the, um, in Afghanistan and my company and uh, they treated me like one of theirs and I became a squad leader. I became a like a team leader like later on or whatever. So and that was while I was stationed in in, uh, in Hawaii. And I guess that's like one of my better accomplishments is because from before then, everybody that was working, for, I was working for or working with, they was kind of about themselves. And I saw the some of the dark side of the army as far as like how. Uh, hiring enlisted individuals would take advantage of the low. Oh, facts. Right. But this was on the trade dock side. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spill those beans. But trust me, it was dark. Yeah. So that was one side of it. Now I was like, yo, it can't get no worse than this. And now I'm at this high point. I got promoted. My company is treating me right. Um, I am learning. I'm helping others for that matter. You know, so as far as like getting their promotion stuff ready, and I got soldiers, and I'm taking care of my soldiers. I'm thinking like, yo, it's all gonna be breezy from there. Then I had some, you know, some turmoils as far as my personal life. Yeah. Ended up kind of leaving that alone in a sense. Went to Fort Hood, and I would definitely say Fort Hood has been my lowest point in my career. Uh, and going back, and I hate to bring racism into it because the organization that we're in, it's not supposed to be there. We have regulations against it. We have rules against it. We have classes against it. You know what I'm saying? Everything is supposed to be so black and white. But but <laughs> the funny thing about it, though, is like there's those classes are there for a reason. They're there for a reason because it happens. Yeah. And, right? You know what I'm saying? And I never really experienced it until I got to Fort Hood. And I didn't recognize it until it actually happened to me. I faced, I came against uh, bigotry, racism, and all sorts of demeaning things as far as being a black man. And the worst part about it is, it was so incognito. Oh, yeah. You know yes. what I'm saying? You don't know exactly what it is until you know it's what it is. Yeah, like, what, what, what I mean by that, they'll treat you a certain way, but they're going to treat you right in the eyes of the regulations. Oh, yeah. But there's only one reason why they would do such things. Yeah. So, we're talking about the low points. So, like, I'm kind of tied at my low points, right? I used to work at Brigade here. You know what I'm saying? That was... That was that was you know tied for first and when I was tied for first and being a being the worst and then when I was at Fort Riley man yo Fort Riley nah so it wasn't the racism thing it was the I was on the outside of the end of the other club oh yeah you wasn't playing you wasn't playing ball no no I just I was the new guy so like there was a there was a select group of people. And once that nucleus of personnel broke up, that's when I started to fit in, you know? So, like, those dudes, like, it was like, yo, we need you to do this. All right, cool, man. So, and it was like, if there was the longest way around to do something, that's the way they wanted me to do it. And I was like, yo, we can do this and cut out the middleman and do it this way. It was like, nah. And they then, don't, okay, they wanted you to conform. Yeah, but I'm like, yeah, I... But, you know what I'm saying, like, it, it's a, it was a lot like here. Like, you know, information would be held into the last minute. Like, oh, yeah, you got to go do this. When? Uh, you're supposed to be there in 30 minutes. What? Yeah, that happens a lot. So, there, and then with, at Fort Riley, I got the racist thing. You know what I'm saying? The dude, the, the dude, the shop NCO, I see or whatever. <laughs> I, I, I ain't going to say this dude's name, but he he was an E7. He, I watched him, you know, pin mask on, gave him his kudos and all that other good shit. Shout outs to you, punk. <laughs> you know exactly who he is But uh, me and that guy You know me and that dude just did not Mesh well like he would he did, That dude had targets out for me For whatever reason Like he would give me terrible directions To go places and, I'll, and then I would go back Hey what's, what's the NCO what's your senior Hey when you got questions come back and tell me Alright come back and ask questions So I go back and ask questions and instead of me Getting a decent answer because you know what I'm saying 
you gave me bad information. And I was like, yo, this is the map you gave me. You told me to go this way and it loops me back around to where I am now. You know, he's like, whoa, you just need to follow the better directions. The directions, got the directions you gave me got me all the way around. You said, go do this, do this, do this, and do this. He was like, oh, you, you see the street across the street from the parking lot? Yeah, you were supposed to go straight down that street. You told me to take a left out of the parking lot, not go this way. And that, me and that dude, like, it got so bad in Afghanistan that, hey, I almost, I, I was legit contemplating putting a bullet in this dude. And. Allegedly. Nah, that, that, you can say whatever you want to say. He can say allegedly. I, I was legit contemplating shit. And then, you know what I'm saying? He kept getting in my face. And then my inner derogatory term for African-American started to come up. Nigga? Like, yeah, that. You know, so, like, I'm not a fan. If you want to yell at me, yell at me. Do what you got to do. You know what I'm saying? But just don't start putting your fucking hands in my face. You know what I'm saying? Giving me the knife hand and shit in my face. And I was, and I was like, yo... If I can reach out and touch you, you too fucking close. Yeah, that's that respect thing we was talking about. Yeah, so he just kept, you know, he kept doing that. And I, and I kept telling him, yo, you need to move. And sure enough, he'll go and come back. He put his hands on my face again. And I pulled, and I started to take my fucking rifle off because I was going to wear his ass all the way out. But as I'm taking my shit off, my a good dude, Sean, Sean Cruz, shout out to you, Sean Cruz, because you saved my career that day. He grabbed my arm. He was like, no, Sergeant Thomas, you need to calm down. This, that, and the thing. No, no, you need to get a parade rest. And I was like, you know what? I like him. I'm not going to fuck him up just to get to him. I like him. So, yeah, man. So, just, and this is just to show you how another dude, I call him Lukey, you know, he, uh, he was like, yo, bro, I don't know what it is about you. He was like, I don't know if, if it's your MOS that he doesn't like about you. Or if it's the fact that you're black. Because my mans would talk mad shit about me when I'm not around. I don't like that. Either. Yo, like, I don't, I'm not a fan of that. If you won't tell me I'm a shitbag, at least tell me to my face that you think I'm a shitbag. Like, I would do shit, like, people would do shit in the office. And I would, you know, like, they built a, they built a contact account. And they didn't finish the paperwork. I found it. I did all of the paperwork. I turned the paperwork in. Something happened after I turned it in. And because I was the last person with it, you know what happens? He comes, Sergeant Thomas, yelling at me from across the goddamn office and shit. Yo, man, what's up, son? How you doing? How can I help you? He was like, what happened? Where's that paperwork? And he's still yelling at me. I'm like, probably here to the door. I'm like, you don't have to yell at me. I'm, you know, just, yeah, cool, it's you. You know, he he yelling. And I was like, yo, I turned it, I filled it out. Everybody signed it, everybody turned it, and then we turned it into S2 where it was supposed to go. So we turned, he, he walks to S2, and he can come back and say nothing to me. That tells me that the paperwork was right because had it been wrong you know what i'm saying i'm pretty sure he would have had something to say about that it happens that way yeah so that's why i said uh one of my main things is uh when i especially when i work and if i have my hands on something i really try to do the best the very best job that i possibly can facts that makes sense you know what i'm saying um and if i don't know i will say that i don't know and i'll get back to it but if i put my hands on something i don't want to give somebody an excuse to yeah. come at me sideways because I know I noticed that so and that's kind of been my thing my entire career thus far is everything that I do and I'm not perfect but when I jump into it or whatever I don't need one I don't need anybody to micromanage me or I, I really try to, to stop that or I try to be depending on, on the on the trade specifically supply I have to be the best one yeah. The reason I have to be the best one is you're not going to question me at my job. And I can't stand for people that do that. You know what I'm saying? Granted, if you do know better, I will recognize that and I will learn from you and we're going to move on. But if I know you two years in, yeah, I got 10 years in experience. There's nothing you can teach me. Mm-hmm. Or if there is, that'll be maybe on a new system that you yeah. learned prior to me. Or but the one thing that, that you learned at AIT. Uh, exactly. But the one thing that stays true is the regulation. The regulation doesn't change. Mm-hmm. So therefore... If I could go on the regulation and, uh, for example, we just had this little situation yesterday where a, a, a peer of mine was... Yeah, uh, yeah you tell me about Exactly, that. getting on me about, you know, some hey. actions. Hey, guess, hey, guess what? I got a, hey, you're missing this? I can charge you and him. All right? Well, I would love to see that. Don't you even worry about it. Some people will say, oh, yeah, I'm going to go show you and never come back. Nah, I'm going to go print this off. We're going to read it together. And according to this, if you're found liable... And wish you admitted, hey, 
You did say, tell such and such, yeah, go get that. He loses it. Guess what? The way I'm going to use the verbiage, you're liable and I'm charging the buffer. One, because you told him to do it, and two, he, you're the supervisor, so you know you have to yeah. show and prove. You can't just you know put somebody out, um, hang the drop. And that's one of the things I can't stand is, uh, you know, we stab uh, each other in the back a whole lot. And even in, in the black community, being in the army, I have noticed that uh, the, the sharing of information is scarce. Yeah. All right, you know what I'm saying? Like, teach me yeah. how you succeeded. So, but that's the thing though, like, so, I, I get it, and this is my problem. This is one of my problems in the black community as a whole, and it's also one of my problems in the military. Why are you afraid of someone being better? Not, and this is not you. This, is, this is my question to anybody, right? So if I have, if I've been doing this for five years, or I've been in it for fifteen years, all of the information that I have, I'm trying to give it to. I'm trying to put my soldiers and now my new NCO on game. Hey, look. I did this. This didn't work. Do it this way. Yeah, so you could kind of cut your time and, and yeah. you know what I'm saying? Cut it in half. So I want like, them to be, I want everybody up under my, my umbrella to be 10 times as more, you know, successful as I have been. That's a fact. And but, that's, and that's we, the way it should go. But mind you, you know what I'm saying? The, a lot of the ones that you have under you, the one, the new successful one, actually the new NCO, um, you know, she's learning. But the other one, for example, you know, don't want to listen. She actually listens to me. Like work when it comes to work, like I can I can give her, I can give the baby, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, you need to do this, this and this. And she will tell me, she's like, Sorry, I don't understand this. Alright, do this task, do this task, and then come back and we'll do the last task together. So I need you to do this and then it'll feed into this and then when we get here, I'ma explain why you did it this way. I wasn't speaking on this one while yeah. we're here specifically. Think about the ones we left back at home. Oh, them. All right. So I think I, I think that's one of the race issues that I think that we talked about. Because when it comes down to it, when one of them was working, I, and there's another one, right? There's there's two different situations. Well, one of them I think is, I think is she didn't fuck with me because I was black. Because as soon as she got up under, you know, what I'm saying another individual who looks like her, I, um, you know, what I'm saying, oh, she's she's great. She she does great things. This and the third, and I was and yo. The fucked up part is, he was telling me, he was like, yo, I'll tell her the same shit you told her. So it ain't just me, you know what I'm saying? With another, with the with the Hispanic one, apparently, you know what I'm saying? I, she she felt like I touched her inappropriate. And that, anybody who knows me know I'm not that kind of dude. I'm married with two kids. I'm not trying to be out here touchy-feely with anybody. Now, there was an incident where we were moving some things in, you know what I'm saying? like in a context or whatever and I put my hands down and she just happened to be right there and you know what I'm saying there was some accidental touching I was like hey are you okay I didn't mean to you know what I'm saying touch you like that you know what I'm saying that was a pure accident it was just you just happened to be right here perception yeah so now she ran around telling people hey he did this I'm like yo what are you doing but you know what I'm saying it's like a real ending get facts and I'm like yo you know what I'm saying and I'm like yo like I get it. I ain't here to be your friend. I'm not even. I don't even like you like that. You know what I'm saying? First and foremost, you're not. You're not my type of. You're not my type. Why? Cause you got a bad fucking attitude. You feel like you the shit. You know what I'm saying? Like yo, chill the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? But it's, I'm like yo, man, chill out, man. I crib. I ain't look. I'm just trying to make stuff so I can <laughs> finish the rest of my career. I don't want no beef. I don't want no smoke with nobody. But if it, if push comes to shove and the shit get out. Fuck it, I, I will write up a sworn statement like I don't give a shit. Like I didn't try to touch nobody like that dude. Right. So yeah. Um, I'm gonna switch it up a little bit. And uh, early on, I said uh, we being uh, in the army, we have a, we're in a little bubble. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm gonna talk about that a little bit from my perspective. Uh, the bubble that we're in, uh, it meant for everybody that's listening. If you're not in the military, or you never been in the military, or even if you're in the military and actually never thought about it, think about being in a Think about our society as a whole. Uh, think about the military towns that we are as a whole. All right, so uh, we're coming from Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Uh, military town, love the place because they actually got a lot of love for us. So when I say bubble, I mean the overall public's perception of us. You know what I'm saying? They put us on a pedestal, which is fine because we are professional and we do things that they do not do. And I, if I'm not mistaken, we are 
uh, less than 1% of the population uh, that actually enlist and you know, raise the right hands and serve the country, which is great. Now, that puts us out of touch with reality, but not all of us. Now, let me, let me expound on that a little bit. Okay. As a black man, as a soldier, when I go to work, and especially if I'm in uniform, everything is good. Yeah. I could go I could go anywhere in uniform and I will be recognized as a soldier. Nah man, I yo. I will I'm a black man, but I'm a soldier. For the most part, even if any individuals that's outside of the military doesn't like me because of the skin of my color or my creed or whatever it is, they will look at me as a soldier. Yeah, I don't like him because he's black, but I'm not gonna necessarily say anything or treat him Badly, right off the right off the trip. Maybe I've been messing around in the wrong parts of God, Clarksville. Cause man, well, then again, I don't get out much, yeah. as much. But everywhere I've been so far, yeah. it's been love. So I, I could, I could honestly say that. You've been to the courthouse for any reason? No. So I don't I, fuck with the police. <laughs> so I dropped one of my soldiers off at. Uh, I dropped one one of my old soldiers off when I was at brigade. I had to take him down to the courthouse and do some shit with his uh, his divorce or whatever. And he went in. I was standing outside. Guy, polite as ever, comes up to me and shakes my hand. Uh, he comes up, thanks me for my service, and in the same breath, he says, "I was in the army when they didn't let niggers in." Whoo! Right. So now, yeah. Okay. Now, okay. Let, let's pause on that real you quick. Like, let's let, let's pause on that real quick. All right. You said a few a few things. Yeah. Granted, yeah, they didn't let niggers in. Now, that could also mean that. He grew up in a certain time, and that's the way they spoke. Not, hey, I'm not, you know what I'm saying, yeah, justifying I, I got it. You. I got you. Okay, I'm not justifying yeah. it. But he also recognizes it yeah. as far as the growth of the military and of the United States. I'm not saying that it's 100% right. Yeah, I, but I, I understand, but I didn't know how to take that. Exactly. At that point. Which, which is fair. Which is weird. It, it's weird because I, I that wasn't the first time I had ever. And, and shortly thereafter, one of my African-American female friends basically had a similar situation. You know, she would. She was at the courthouse again, and another gentleman. I'm assuming it's the same guy. Walks up to her, says, "I was in the army when they didn't let nigger bitches in the army." Like, yo, I right, on that. <laughs> so, Woo! so, Woo! yeah, like, so, like, I get where you're trying to go. No, yeah. So, but, hey, hey, I'm, I'm just playing. I'm not even playing on the other side. So, I, I feel, and that's the bubble that I'm talking about. Yeah. Now, imagine. Now, imagine. Let, let's flip the script. Now, let's hypothetically let's just say that you went to the courthouse. You're not even in uniform, or yeah. whatever the case may be, and the same individual just come up to you and be like, "Hmm, another another nigga out the courthouse." Huh? And that's what I was about to say. You feel about, what I'm saying? You know so, what I'm saying? The bubble that we talk about. Yeah, it and, only and, extends and, as long as I'm in uniform. In uniform, exactly. And that's my point. Yeah. So, so it could have been. It's as far as I'm concerned, that's a negative conversation yeah. or way you, you point out. You should not say that to us. Period. Period. Yeah. But now, what if we weren't in uniform? Am yeah. I just another nigga to you? So the crazy part is, is some people in uniform feel that way. Oh no, that's a fact. And you know we, what I'm we, we kind of spoke about that. You know I found like some of our experiences. Probably. I didn't go too much in detail so, with like, the bigotry and stuff, but that happens. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So man, I've smooth been in uniform. Nah. So when I was at Fort Riley, this is another knock about Fort Riley that I was telling you about. I went. I work with a dude every day. What's up, man? What's up? We'll shop it up. Have a high five. You know what I'm saying? Hey, man, how you doing? We'll, we'll chop it up, exchange, you know what I'm saying? Exchange snacks and all that other good fat kid food, exchange stories about the weekend. And then one of my buddies was like, yo, bro, come to this country bar. All right, cool, bitch. Hit the country bars on the back side of the van. You better when you said country bro, bar. Bro, I fucked with country bars. I don't uh, care what I'm uh, You so, like Dan Sue, huh? I do. I do. You got to get some I, I tried. I tried, I tried it once. I okay. tried it once. I so we, it's on the back side of Manhattan. So we had to drive. It was about a 45-minute drive. So we went. Same guy. I'm like, hey, bro. He was like, what are you doing here? I just came to check it out. He was like, you know what I'm saying? You can't know. As long as you're not in here acting like a nigger. What, bro? He was like, I said, would I say something wrong? Yeah, you said some fucked up shit. You like your job? He was like, yeah, I like my job. If you want to keep it, you might want to shut the fuck up. Because, like, you're not going to talk to me like that, fam. Especially you. I know you. I will come see you at work. That's another. That's another conversation. <laughs> you know, we need to stop that. You know, that's a different I, conversation. I will come see you at work. Yeah, we yeah we gotta do that after work. And then I went, I went in. When I tell you, I was the pimp. I was the blackhead. 
I was the blackhead. Like, just, I was like, nah, fam. And, and you could see it, like, people just started looking up at me, like, I was like, nah. I was like, hey, bro, we finna go. Yeah. Because I had drove. I was like, nah, fam, we finna go. He's like, nah, man, I'm on I'm like, look, you see all these motherfuckers staring at me? Nah. See, about 40% of the people in there, military. That's some, you know, so we're in a bubble, but we still get the same shit. No, of course, but you know what I'm saying? It's, a, it's just a slightly different when we're in uniform because they'll either keep their mouth shut or they'll, to- let's say, yeah, they'll tolerate. tolerate. Yeah. They'll tolerate, but you know, their, their feelings stand true. And you know, that, that's the kind of things I dealt with when I was in Fort Hood, yeah. where they would not say anything out loud, but you know, their actions while I was working, you know, as far as holding me back or writing me up or doing anything that was in a negative light to try to uh, make it seem like I was the problem, whereas it was something else. So that's what I mean by the bubble and bro, it's crazy. It's it is crazy. Now on the flip side of that, being in the bubble with the general populace with the just regular civilians because they don't know the struggles that we go through. I'm not even gonna lie to you. In the military, outside of that one dude, I've been held back by more people that look like me than anything. That's a, that's the crazy shit. And that's going back to what when I said earlier, yeah. where as for the uh, in our community, we don't like to share yeah. success. We, you know, what I'm saying like, are you gonna see if if I was to tell you the secrets of how to make a million, like I'm gonna view you as a damn threat. Nah, bro, we both gonna make millions. Facts. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. If we, you know, what I mean, that's how you build your team. So uh, we don't like to do that. But you know, the reason that really happens is we're separated um, from, believe it or not, by our superiors. You know what I mean? Like. For example, um, if there's a group of individuals that are, you know, that's, I won't say successful, but they're doing their thing, right? They'll, instead of, and they see like a, a few black kids, a few minorities or whatever the case may be, they probably just gonna grab just the one, that the one day they like, that they know they could conform. They're not gonna grab the entire group. So when they do that, right, they make you successful, but they're gonna like, hey bro, check this out. You're gonna join the team and you're gonna get all the stuff that we're gonna get but you can't fuck over there. Yeah, them yeah. over there, you got to leave them the fuck alone. Yeah. Then on and the then, outside, <laughs> we're going to resent you. Yeah. And you're going to be like, yo, it wasn't really my fault, but I can't do what I was supposed to do to try to help you guys out, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's got to so, be pretty much some underground railroad type shit. Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm learning this over here, fam. You need to come on, bring this. Hey, look, come over here. Come to my house. Or right. Come to my barracks for right. hours. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm not going to show uh, and show out in public like, yeah, yeah, you're you're the cool dude. I'm only going to do it in private. Nah, bro. Yeah. You got to be, we got to be the same all throughout. From from the NCO side, the way, the way I deal with that is I look at people, especially from the enlisted side, as I look at people and I have those kinds of issues, I don't care who you are. Back when I was talking to old boy, you know, one of his things is I used to do DTS every day. He looked at me and he was like, uh, you're my brigade DTS guy. I should be able to, you know, rely on you to get things done when, you know, things are at the DTS level. I was like, well, I understand that you, I'm your brigade DTS guy, but there's a, if I'm your brigade guy, you also have battalion guys. You also have battalion assets, assets that need to, they have muscles that they can flex as well. And he was like, well, I'll do you that favor. How is that a favor? That's the way the army is designed to work. Right. How are you doing me a favor now? You know what I'm saying? I would not use my greater position to attain pleasure. That's all. Person it, that's, so, that's all it was. You so, know what I'm saying? Yeah, that happens a lot, man. So, and I, and I looked at him and I was like, I was like, you know, in the NCO creed, it says, uh, I'll be fair and impartial. You're not being fair and you're not being impartial because I know you don't like me. And this is not the same conversation that I've seen you have with this individual, the same guy who was there, who saved his soul me bashing his face in and I was like yo there was a battalion level land and ammo issue and what did you tell him to do you told him to push it down to the battalion so how is it that when something in this lane gets screwed up you turn to me and you act like I screwed it up instead of you know telling them hey you guys need to unfuck yourself so do you yourself. think that was a personal thing or do you think that was a race thing oh man that ooh. he didn't like me and there is the I think it was a little bit of both. Well, I think it's a it's a personal, professional race thing. I don't think the dude likes black people or women. Uh, I don't think the guy he doesn't he is openly you know anti fifteen poppers at every turn. And I said the race thing, personal, professional. Yeah, I think I, bro, I think that it's a little bit of everything. You know, so 
I, I don't know what to say about that dude other than I'm not a fan of him. You know, after that, I, I did my best to stay out of his way because he could directly affect, you know, my progress to stay in the Army, which he did to a degree. But, uh, yeah, I, I stayed out of his way. He stayed out of mine. All right, so is it safe to say, say like, uh, racism exists in the Army? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I've been... I've. I'm aware of situations that happen. When I was in Honduras, for example, like I know some people that got caught up for doing lines of cocaine in Honduras. That pure shit, the pure booger sugar. Cocaina. Cocaina. Three of the dudes were, you know what I'm saying, other than African-American. Two of the dudes were offered uh, chances to rehab who didn't get the opportunity. So it happens. You see what I'm saying? It's, there's, one of my situations from Han, from uh, Hawaii, I got into a fight. I got an article fit. I got an article fifteen. I got jumped, you know. And I got an article fifteen based on the idea that I could have pushed someone. You know, it's like, oh uh, well, you know, there 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 could have been a push. Now I know for a fact that we had people doing other things, and they were getting lesser sentences. You know. Yeah, actually, you know what? I bought a, I bought that argument to our first arm. Um, and shout out to you, first arm, because uh, you definitely taught me a few things, and I really do appreciate it. Uh, and sometimes the ones we think have power, we don't, don't have any power. And it's just, but sometimes I think what, what it is is like, I would like to see you fight anyway, you don't have it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You'll put your foot out there. Even though, like, I know you're gonna lose. Yeah, it's show me yeah, that show you me. care. Yeah, so that goes. So that you know what? I would rather you lose that fight, and I know that you care because you try instead of like, yo, I already know I'm gonna lose that fight. I'm not even gonna put my foot out there. So with him, man, I don't, I, I don't have any issues with him. Yeah, neither do I. Nothing personal. My, my issues are strictly professional with him. He likes, I think he likes to play guessing games. Like he'll throw something out, but that's neither here nor there. And I'm like, we just gonna sweep that off to the rug but yeah you know I and I'm like whatever man yeah, but he's one of the um, he's definitely one of the he tries that, he yeah, tries that, that's tried and I believe it or not I watch from uh, from afar and I, I'm taking a lot of things from him and because he has a whole lot of knowledge I just have to be more engaged as far as asking my problem is from the time I've joined the military because I've seen service you know I'm saying a lot of hardships and a lot of nonsense mm-hmm. I don't trust any leadership to a certain extent. You don't trust nobody, man. Uh, I won't say nobody. No, no. So uh, you're one of those. You're one of those. You kind of. You gotta earn my trust, and it's it's yeah. gonna be. It ain't gonna be tough sledding. You just, You have a, a rigid uh, a rigid line of things that you know. what I'm saying you will. People. Not everybody meets your requirements to gain your trust. I'll say that it's not. It's not necessarily hard. First and foremost, it's just you got to be a thorough person. You know what I'm saying. You got to be a good person. You know what I'm saying? Then after that, when it comes to the job, I've noticed about you, you don't fuck with idiots. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Tell me I'm lying. Don't worry. I'll wait. <laughs> I ain't gonna say I don't fuck with idiots. I'll, I'll say this. Uh, the, the way the army works is if you're at the low, the low enlisted side, meaning you have a lower rank, mm-hmm. we give you more chances to fail because you have to learn. Now, if you have a certain rank, Oh, there yeah. are certain things that you ought to know. I, I agree with that. All right. There's yeah, certain, you feel what I'm saying? So don't if you if you got more rank than me or if you're equal to me or you're one under me, because if you if you're a certain rank, you should be working two ways up. I, I you feel agree what I'm saying? That. So therefore, if you're not meeting the requirements and those are some, certain things of basic, you feel if I can't get you on some basic shit, I can't fuck with you on the hard shit. And yeah, the, the one thing that we have not touched on at all. Is and we should maybe for a few minutes is the basis of the military, which is to win wars. Facts. All right, yeah. forget your job, forget that I'm supplied. We're forget all infantry first. We're all infantry. That means we, we all we all have to know how to be a damn near a GI Joe. All right, yeah. to the basis of our you know that's our nucleus. That's mm-hmm. that's that's our that's the basic instinct. Like we have to win the fight. If you can't fucking do that, yeah. If you can't do the basic functions, how am I supposed to look at you like yo? Oh, yeah, I can trust you. Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, so the way I see it is there's that's the point of having uh, MOSs. 
right? So you got those people that specialize at being infantry that do their job. You got those 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 infantrymen that go off and learn something different. There's basics that are involved and like everything else. You know what people don't really focus on once they get into their job? The fucking basics. That's why we-